Hey, you're listening to an upbeat rewind featuring Bruce Peck on April 29th, 2019. Uh, this is definitely a throwback episode, but I'm so excited because this, and I don't say this lightly, this is one of my favorite episodes ever on upbeat. Definitely top three, uh, if not one of my, like my all-time favorite. This is honestly such a good episode. The The recording experience was fun. It was one of the first episodes I ever did where I was actually able to record and do the interview in person rather than doing it over Zoom or something like that. Um, but Bruce was so fun to talk with. We had a lot of really great conversations that just kind of masterfully created this overarching, really big conversation that was just an awesome time. So there's a lot of lessons to be learned, a lot of value interlaced in this whole episode. Uh, and I just got to throw it out there that Bruce Peck is really sticking to his dream. And I'm so proud of him for everything he's been able to do. Even since this interview, he's still pursuing doorstep dates, the app that we talk about in this episode. Uh, I believe recently it was acquired by mutual and they've partnered up with mutual and it's now called mutual dates and, and they're still doing that and they're still making a huge impact in that space. So very proud of him and I'm excited to re-share this episode with you here on Upbeat. You're listening to an Upbeat Rewind featuring Bruce Peck. This is Upbeat with beatboxer, musician, speaker, and show host, Parker K. Alright guys, I'm here with Bruce. My man, thank you so much for being here on the show with me. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, dude. And hey, we met, gosh, not too long ago. Uh, it's like, what, September 2018? Yeah, yeah. I was instantly stunned uh, with you and your story. And of course, you know, what I learned about your app, Doorstep. Uh, but before we dive like really deep into that, can you just share a little bit with me and with the listeners a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, I'm Bruce Peck and I'm trying to build a dating app. <laughs> <laughs> And been doing it for about two years. Two years. And been doing it with some friends. So Nice. How many people are, are involved in that? So we have a programmer, we have a sales guy, uh, and then now we're, we're moving into Utah and stuff. So we've got two more salespeople working down there oh, trying nice. to make it happen. Dang, dude. And what do you do for like for work and for fun? Like is the app like what you do for work? Yeah, it's my life, but like, <laughs> uh, basically, it's kind of all about building doorstep at this point. Is that pretty much what you do for fun then as well? <laughs> uh, what I do for fun is I run and... That sounds like a nightmare to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're all different, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, anybody's four weeks away from loving running. Like four weeks, five runs a week, and then anybody will love running. I hate it at the beginning, but... Oh, really? Yeah. Dang. Well, that's cool. So, what kind of like stuff have you done with running? Have you ever like competed or? Yeah. So I've run a marathon and right now, like after your first marathon, it doesn't make really any sense to just go do another one Yeah, unless it's got to be harder. And so right now uh -huh. I'm trying to qualify for Boston, which just means you've got to run 26 miles really fast. That's crazy, dude. I could never do that. <laughs> I mean, I probably could. You should never say never everybody, but I definitely like, that's not where four, my interest Four weeks is. away. <laughs> that's what I'm telling you. <laughs> I'll call you every night. Keep me accountable. Yeah, yeah. Hit the treadmill today. <laughs> um, so, you, and you're recently graduated from college too, right? Yeah, I just graduated college, and so that always comes up in those conversations too. It's like, oh, what mm -hmm. are you doing with your life? Like, I'm building a dating app. They're like, oh, what are you? What are you really <laughs> doing with your life? You know, like, what are you really doing for work? But yeah, that's really what I'm doing, and like, and we're really hitting it hard. So, catch me back up again. Initially, 
what like was the inspiration like what was the idea that sparked for doorstep where the idea really came from was just my friend would set me up on dates and mm-hmm. then he was trying to do something entrepreneurial like throw some type of like date night event yeah and so we got talking and basically we we're like oh well if you set me up on dates like that's something that i would pay for and so i bet other people around here would pay for that too okay and just because it's like you're going out on a date a week, right? And so then yeah. we went and, and I had been doing like a lot of work on another business idea before this and it wasn't going anywhere. And so uh, we just started to work together on that. And so we mm-hmm. just went door to door and charged people 15 bucks a month to set them up on dates. And, and that was before like the the app was built. That was before anything was built. That was that like- is so crazy, We dude. just had an idea and then we were setting people up on Excel sheets and just saying like, <laughs> it's basically, it basically who my business partner, his name is John Shin, but like it was basically who my business partner thought was cute together. Mm-hmm. And that was our date algorithm. Yeah. Yeah. So there's definitely some very interesting experiences with that. <laughs> I bet. And there's only a certain type of person that would pay 15 bucks a month to be set up by somebody that knocks on your door and swipes your mm-hmm. card, right? Yeah. But it was a cool thing though. It was just, it was just cool to get out and, and go experience that. Our premise was like, there's a whole bunch of guys in their apartment on a Friday mm-hmm. night and they're like, why don't girls like, they're so complicated. Uh, you know? <laughs> and there's a whole bunch of girls like, guys never ask me out, you know, and all this yeah. stuff. And so like our idea was just like, there's these two people that like really all they need is like an easy way to connect together. And and that's, and that's really what doorstep uh-huh. was and still is about like, cause we're still about like experiences uh-huh. and, and getting people out. Like we're, it's like the Netflixification of dating. It's kind of the idea behind doorstep is it. like, we're trying to make it so easy to go out on dates that people just do it. Right. And yeah. so that was like the whole mentality is just like, if we connect people in the real world and we make it so easy and so simple, like, cause in our opinion, right? There's mm-hmm. there's a dating app. Well, I guess Tinder and then Tinder's, <laughs> Tinder's Mormon clone or whatever, right? Mutual. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, uh, so I don't have anything against mutual. Like it's a very well-built app and it does its job very well. But mm-hmm. in, in, in from our perspective, a lot of it is, is like what you do on a mutual is you focus on, or like, it's like a lot more people in their apartments on a Friday night, like swiping through photos mm-hmm. than actual real human connection, which like a lot of people, the way they use mutuals, like try to see if they're attractive or whatever. Like they yeah. try to see like what, what they're worth that way, where it's like, our premise is just like, no, like, um, people should just connect and like go out and be with people. Right. And yeah. like, um, well, yeah. Tell me about it. Like, uh, what kind of, from your original plan of what doorstep was, was and was supposed to be like what kind of shifts have been made or has it always been like a straight path oh it is not a straight path at all right because <laughs> uh, yeah like we, we started out we like our first big shift was like when we were setting people up on dates right uh-huh. we used to charge the guy and the girl <laughs> yeah um, okay and so then like, but what we began to realize selling door to door is like, this is never going to be huge if we always charge money like straight up on people. Yeah. And so we're like, okay, we'll make it free. And then, um, but then like, so down the line, right. Is like, we have that, we spend eight months. It takes forever to build an app. Well, <laughs> I was going to ask you about that. That's definitely on my mind. Like how, cause I'm thinking earlier today, right. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've got this podcast episode coming up with Bruce about doorstep, creating an app. 
to be honest, I felt stumped. I didn't even know what to ask. I was like, I don't, I, I know so little about apps other than the fact that I use them. Yeah. Yeah. That like, I don't even know what questions to ask. So I was going to ask you like, what does one do if you've never built an app before and you want to build one or learn more about it? What do you even like freaking do? Yeah. Well, I think the first step would be to give up. And then if, <laughs> if you don't take my advice on that, then you might have like the ability to actually build an app, right? Uh, yeah. So like what we had to do, right, is like you have to go get a programmer, right? And just at the beginning, like all programmers are like equal. It's kind of like somebody playing the guitar and you don't play the guitar and they're like, whoa, you can play four chords. <laughs> it's yeah. like four, you know, it's like, whoa, yeah. you know? But like, And that's like our, our initial thing when we going out to find a programmer is like you can program you know like because we were going to do like a very glorified excel sheet <laughs> at the mm-hmm. beginning and then and then we went we went through probably four different programmers right to find the right one yeah and it's just like one after another it's like here's this an- or like ancient version of some microsoft program that nobody uses anymore like yeah you really should build it off this like no nah, like and then so garrett is the person we work with now and so we had to go around the student building forever to like we were basically just going door to door in the stc and uh, yeah. on byu camp byu i know the feeling man because so this is not related to apps but mm-hmm. like with music I initially came to BYU-Idaho being the only musician I know other than my sister who was a singer. And I had this dream of, you know, making all these YouTube covers and and making them quality and something that when someone saw it, they weren't like, oh, a bunch of dumb students. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I wanted to make something big. When I came up with cover ideas, I didn't want it to be karaoke stuff. I didn't want it to be like me just beatboxing and my sister singing. I wanted cellos. I wanted pianos. I wanted all kinds of instruments and I didn't know anyone, right? <laughs> I didn't know anyone, anyone that played cello. And so the idea came, okay, we'll go to the building, the snow building where they do all the music at this campus and just meet the different cellists and find a cellist. And if someone said they played cello, I was like, oh, a cellist, you know, <laughs> I can use that. Um, but there were a lot of bad cellists. <laughs> no. And so, and so it's like, well, it took a long time actually. At this to, prestigious musical institution. <laughs> right. But the it, Juilliard of Idaho. <laughs> yeah. Right. But it's the thing is, is they were students and like they were like, that's great that they're going to do that and that they're going to keep growing and getting better. But like for what I wanted as part of my music video, like I couldn't just run with the first cellist that came. Like I had to find one that like, that was one really good at it. Uh, but two, I don't know how to read music or anything. And so like arranging covers or arranging songs, I hear something and I just kind of tell them to do it. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, like I can't ever write it down or tell them something to follow. So I just had to, like I had to find a cellist that could just do it and kind of make up his own parts. Yeah. You know, but I, I know what it's like to be on that search for someone that's like, exactly what you need for like your team, you know? Yeah. And then when you find them too, cause I can remember like, cause John and I were very, uh, very, very passionate about the way that we did hiring. Mm-hmm. And so like our first meeting with him is like, Hey Garrett, could you give your whole life to doorstep? Like, what are you doing for the next <laughs> 10 years? Right. Like we yeah. were very, very intense, you know? Yeah. And like, cause we were basically like, we want, we want, like, that's what I learned with people is just uh-huh. like, you want you want to have people that are go to the ends of the earth with you when you're trying to when you're trying to do something as crazy as starting like a tech company and like yeah we're we're not going to end until like 
the world of dating has changed, right? And so like the... Uh, and even then you could make changes to your app. Yeah, yeah. To yeah. go with those changes. Oh, for sure. And so like, yeah, like our first meeting with him, like we ask him all these really intense questions and he just answers, yep. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> which we didn't, we didn't think was enthusiastic enough yet, but it's like two <laughs> years later, right? Like that yep has meant a lot. It was just like, yeah. cause you, you go through a lot of stuff to like, to try to produce something like that. Cause it's, it's so intense to build technology and like, especially to do it like for the first time, <laughs> yeah. none of us knew anything about app development. Yeah. And, and like the first app that we put out, even like five months after starting was like this creepy little doll mannequin man in the app like because we had these little icons of like two people going out on a date and it was like it was so bizarre like looking at it now but it's like you don't know anything because like yeah you don't well, know anything at the beginning when you learn from it instagram first of all wasn't built until well the creators that built instagram they didn't start with that process until four years after they graduated college yeah so like you're already a little ahead of the game because you started in college, you know, but then also Instagram, they had other apps before they ever got to Instagram, which means they failed a lot before they ultimately had what they wanted. And I'm sure that that's what you're going through as well. Yeah. Well, they, they had an app called Bourbon, Bourbon, which had like all these features on it, like locations and like you could like tag your friends and, and do all this other uh -huh. stuff and reviews. But the only part that they saw people using was the photos. <laughs> and okay. so I, I Instagram. Was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so they, they saw photos and like, Oh, Hey, like everybody's interacting with this. So they spent a few months, they scrapped everything that they built and they just built the, uh, the feed. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is so ridiculously simple when you think about it. But yeah. like, but this, this app that was doing nothing, right? Like as far as like traction and stuff, all of a sudden becomes Instagram. Cause like they went huge really quickly after they started on that. Like a million downloads in like the first week or something, right? Yeah. It yeah. It's, <laughs> it's crazy like that, but, but apps are like that, you know? So hard to predict. And like, you could put out something that just isn't getting traction, but you could put out something that blows up instantly. Yeah. And like, and that's, that's what we always talk about. Like on our team too, is like, it'll go big when it's right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like when, when the app is right and it's solving what people need it to do and it mm -hmm. finds that little space in people's lives, then yeah. the, the app starts to grow. And so that's kind of what led us to like that, that big moment, right? Like, yeah. or like the moment of like, we had our own Instagram moment. I feel like we're not, we're not, we haven't quite caught up with Instagram yet, but we're getting there. <laughs> no, I'm just yeah, dude. Well, actually, if it's cool, yeah. I want to try something real quick. Just kind of comparing like you and your experience and your app to like this, the story of Instagram. Hmm. So I've got like one question on my mind that I really just want to ask. Are you down? Yeah. It's yeah. a little bit deeper of a question, but Instagram was told, and I think you mentioned this too in what you just said, but they were told by early investors that there is no money in photos and that their idea would never work. Obviously, those investors are, <laughs> are completely wrong and they're probably like shooting themselves in the foot now, you know, feeling mm -hmm. bad about that. Uh, but I want to ask you, have you come across people that don't believe in you or your app idea or anything that you're doing with doorstep, like, yeah, yeah. Lots of people. Cause I remember, especially like, yeah, like in the beginning of like, I went and told my roommates, we, we called it 10 cow at the beginning, which is a reference to a very old <laughs> film. But anyway, yeah. it's a terrible name for a dating app. I would yeah. never like suggest that one. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> but like, uh, yeah. So it's just like 
my roommates are just like, just kind of like roasting on the idea, you know, like they're just like yeah. very bad on that. And then like you have, um, cause it's just like, and two, it's like within, within your own team, right? Like at the beginning, like, it's like, what are we doing with our lives? Like we're, we're spending like so much time on like this, this thing. I feel you. Um, and like, and so, and like, and people have that internal struggle too. It's like, is what I'm doing going to actually lead out to something? Mm-hmm. And so like, that's a lot you're investing. Yeah. A lot of time, effort, money, all of it. I believe in, in my ability to like learn <laughs> and yeah. create a good outcome. And, uh, I believe that if you're like intentions are right. Yeah. Your intentions are right. And you're, you're applying correct principles that you won't ultimately go wrong. Right. Yeah. Cause like, to me, like I, I believe, I believe in the principles that we're following. Cause it's like, I, I do feel like there's, there's reasons why businesses are successful and why they fail. And so if I learn the reasons why businesses are successful, it's only a matter of time until I'm successful. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so like, um, with people that like, <laughs> I don't know, I'm, I don't really care what people say. Like ultimately, like, yeah, when I was going to say, how do you handle that? Cause it's hard if you go to, to someone and tell them your idea that, you know, you're married to a little bit, like you mm-hmm. are definitely, you're not going to give up on it. Like you're going to make it blow up. And the person like, is like, yeah, okay, whatever, you know, yeah, yeah. That, or like what they told Instagram, like photos is not where the money's at. So your idea sucks. You, that's why it's important not to let what people think get to you, you know? Yeah. Well, Peter Till, who's the person that made PayPal, not to get too businessy, but like, yeah. uh, he said, most entrepreneurs believe a contrarian truth. So his question, his contrarian question is what important truth do you believe that most people would disagree with you on? Yeah. So yeah. Kevin Systrom of Instagram basically is like, most people believe that photos are dead, right? But mm-hmm. his insight was that cameras are getting better on phones and they just need to look nicer, right? Which is the original. Well, when pr- everyone's turning into a photographer. Yeah. So he's like, he's like right at that time when iPhones were shifting. So it's like, it doesn't matter that the investors don't believe in the idea, right? Kevin Systrom knew something that the investors didn't know or couldn't comprehend. Yeah. And so it's just like, I feel like that's the same thing with, with doorstep is like, we have an insight about dating, right? Like that, that most people spend money on dating and most people have this problem a lot, especially in relationships is just like, what are we going to do tonight? You know, like, uh, and that comes up a lot. And so everybody else has been building these like matching apps, you know, of like Tinder. Yeah. Like Tinder and even, like even the swiping. Yeah. And even with our initial premise on doorstep, which I still think maybe we'll come back to someday, yeah. but like, uh, even with that, it's like our insight was people want to connect and they want to be out with other people. Right. Which yeah. is, which is the premise of our app is people are willing to pay if you give them really cool experiences to go do with the people that they care about. Right. Most people wouldn't think about that with dating apps. They're like, Oh, why doesn't Groupon do that? Or da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. But, um, but that's kind of our insight and like, and what, what our ultimate message is, is just like go out and experience the world with people that you love. Right. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is they're not even paying for like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but Mm -hmm. from what I know of the app, like they're not even paying like, like a a monthly thing or or a certain thing, they're just paying for like the actual date itself at a very discounted price. And it's cool stuff though. Cause I mean, like, like, um, my, my biggest thing, and and you'll see this over the next few months with doorstep too, is like, we're a date experiences app Mm -hmm. and we're not a coupon app. So it's like, uh, so it's like, even though we're giving things at like a, at at a discount, it's just like, we're trying to find cool stuff, right? Like on our app right now, we have an aquarium, we had an ice castle, like we have like 
just these things that you don't see in Rexburg normally, like yeah, things or that you don't typically hear about. Yeah. Things you wouldn't know existed if we didn't put it on the app. And so like, that's a lot of like the reason behind what we're doing is just like bring people cool stuff. They wouldn't ever like someday you might ride a hot air balloon with the love of your life. Yeah. Doorstep, right? Doorstep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude. Okay. So what kind of like crazy, just super awesome things have happened because of doorstep? Like, has anyone gotten married from doorstep? Yeah. So our programmer actually. So like, Oh, that is cool. Yeah. So like back in the day, uh, he, um, cause Garrett works like crazy. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, he went on one of the doorstep dates he'd been set up and he, uh, like the next day, like he's like, Oh, I can't work tonight. It's like, why? Oh, why not, Garrett? You're the, you're the programmer. <laughs> like, we're trying to take over the world here. And, and uh, well, it just turned out that he had been on a date with this girl that's now his wife, right? From wow. doorstep, right? That and is then, so cool. If nothing else, that right there is a success, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's cool. I mean, that, that I guess that should make me happy with my life, right? Like, <laughs> that we did that, but it's like, have a lot. Yeah, it's like, it's very cool. It's very cool. But you like, have much more you want to do. Yeah, and much it's like more. 42 days till the first doorstep baby arrives. So like... <laughs> <laughs> wow. So cool. I mean, like, uh, it is kind of cool to see that happen with, with that stuff. And that's really... And too, like nowadays, like when we get like photos of people going out on dates, because like married people get into this little rut where they're like, let's watch everything on Netflix together. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of do what we used to do, Dude, which is are you up. sharing those stories on like social media? We're trying to. We're not as okay. we're not as no. much of wizards as you are. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just saying you like that's definitely like I think that'll be that could be huge, man. I mean, I'm not like some huge guru or anything, mm-hmm. but I, just right now, you telling me the story, I'm like, okay, like I am a doorstep like loyal person forever because mm-hmm. it like it worked. It brought someone together. There's they're happily married. They're having a baby. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like if nothing else, that is one for sure success, but like your app could create that for tons and tons of people. Right. If not already doing that. And like, if those stories were being shared all the time, I think, I mean, a lot of people would love it, but I almost especially think girls would just be like, Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> so cute. You know, that they'd like, They'd love that. They'd eat it up. Yeah, no, that's that's true. Yeah, don't get me started on girls and dating apps. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> they're the hardest people in the world to like. Because guys, if if all, I don't know, like if you only had to worry about the guys part of it, like yeah. guys just like, Food. yeah, I'll go on a date, I'll go on a date, I'll go on a date, I'll go on a date. Girls are like, like I have yeah. code in like months of like just nights that I'm like losing sleep. I'm like, why? Like, because <laughs> like what the app would do is like you'd put in your preferences and, um, it would tell you like, oh, here's your match for the day. Mm-hmm. And if you both say you're interested, you could call them. Yeah. And guys are always pressing I'm interested. Like they're always interested in going on dates. Girls are like, yeah, I don't know. And like you ask them like, like why or why not? Like why didn't you go on a date with this person? Or like why didn't you say I'm interested? And it's like just like silly stuff. Like I don't know. Almost like so that, I mean, this is how I'm hearing it. Mm. I'll repeat it back to you, see if I'm anywhere near the target. But guys, I mean, as long as there's a date involved and they get to go out there and like experience something and see if, if it works out, they're down. Yeah. But with girls, it's it's like they want to know or they're claiming like they know already it wouldn't work out with that person. And so they don't want to even like waste the time. Yeah. And I read a bunch of, I've read a bunch of psychology stuff now and some dating books or whatever. And like uh-huh. this one like therapist guy, like 
was at this conference and was asking like, so um, how many of you have, or like he's like, okay, of the guys of the men's or the men in here, like how many of you have feared for your life in the past month? And like maybe one guy like raised his hand and then he's like, okay, of the women in here, how many of you like have feared for your life in the last month? And then almost all of them raised their hand, you know? Yeah. So you can imagine crazy. like- uh, The fear involved Yeah, too. the fear involved. And yeah, so like- a bunch of weirdos out there. Yeah. And so like <laughs> what we were trying to do, right, is like uh, initially we were a group dating app mm-hmm. and then we were trying to get you to go out with your friends. So like you'd get set up together and you'd go and so out. it's safe Yeah. Too. So it'd take the pressure off because we're trying yeah. to be the opposite of a Tinder, you know, like, yeah. like as where Tinder is all like swiping through photos, doorstep is all about going out with your friends and, mm-hmm. and just like, like being less selective. But no, I think that's really, really good. There's been a definite increase in like the bad things out there that are happening, you know? So the more safe, the better for sure. And the more comfortable and the more, I guess, natural, you know, if you could pick one life lesson and one business lesson that you've learned from everything that you've been doing the last two years, what would you say are some good lessons to talk about? I think like what I didn't understand about like just doing like going on an intense journey like this, before I was just like the camaraderie that you're going to have. One of the biggest lessons is to listen and to just listen deeply to other people. Cause it's like, there's an analogy of like, uh, that life is kind of like a bunch of blind men trying to describe an elephant, right? Where (laughs) one's like got the hoof and they're like, Oh, an elephant is like, it's, it's like hard and like firm and and stuff. And the other person has the tail, right? And they're like, no, 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 that's not what an elephant's like. An elephant is like soft and and whatever, and it wiggles or whatever, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And, and and so like each blind person is, is describing the elephant and and none of them are really wrong. Um, but none of them are completely right either. So it's like when you have a team, um, it's like, and you trust like their intellect, um, Mm -hmm then it becomes like you need to listen when somebody has a concern. And like, that's, that's a big thing that I didn't know before is just like you, you become, become more powerful as, as a team. If you can deeply listen to people, like first you have to have people on the team that you trust. And then, um, then once they're on the team, it's like, I respect you. So I'm going to listen deeply to what you have to say so that I, that we can make the best collective decision. And so now in, in our meetings, like we start every time, uh, with, we, we say why we're doing doorstep, right? Mm-hmm. Let's remove every obstacle of great dating. And then, um, then we say why we're on the same team with each other <laughs> to start. It's like, I'm on the same team with John because, and then like, we say something like we appreciate about them and then the other person. And like, what we found was like, by doing that, like we set this tone of like mutual respect, like, Hey guys, we're all on the same team and this is why we're on the same team. So let's have a good discussion and like, yeah, and make things happen, you know? There's a lot to be learned out of what you just said, man. Cause it's not even just with, you know, an app building team. You could do that with your family. Oh yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. Could, you could do that with like roommates. You could do that in any situation and it'll probably make, it'll probably set the mood for, for the interaction and like make it 10 times better. Yeah. Cause so many people like, like we fought a lot at the very beginning. Like it's just like yeah. going back and forth, like, no, we should need to do this and whatever. And it's hard when stress builds up too. Yeah. And like so many people are just trying to feel like they're respected, you know? Yeah. Cause like, if you know, you're both respected, um, then like you can really calm down and work things t- through together. And so like, mm-hmm. we've worked so hard on that. Um, cause I, I could tell you about this. Like we, we did a white glove cleaning business. <laughs> 
Oh, okay. It might be infamous. I don't know if anybody... Anyway, it was... <laughs> it was <laughs> so this is what we did, right? So we needed money for doorstep, right? And so like two weeks before the end of the semester, we're like, let's build a white glove cleaning business. And and for people not familiar, in at least in Rexburg, at the end of the semester, you got to clean up your apartment before you can leave. And so, um, and it's very detailed. <laughs> very detailed. And, and people, everybody has to do it. Everybody hates to do it. And everybody's in a hurry to leave and like have it done. So it's the perfect business, kind of. Um, and so <laughs> what we did is like, because we're like, we're intense, right? So uh, we, we say like, oh, for $10, we'll, we'll come clean your apartment and like all this stuff. And then we're just so happy. Like we, we make a sell online and then we make another sell. And then it's like all of a sudden, like we're getting all these sales in and then our roommate's like, you guys are going to do that for 10 bucks, right? It's, it's less than like seven twenty five an hour to go clean those apartments, right? So anyway, we, we do that. We up the price. And so we have multiple price points. All of a sudden we have like 80 jobs to do in one day. Oh gosh. <laughs> and it's like, we're never going to do this, right? We start like just hiring people, right? Like, cause we got to do this and we're and like, so then the night before we spend till 2am, like planning out, like how we're going to go clean all these jobs. Yeah. Uh, we have the cleaning meeting in the morning and three people quit the morning of, right? Cause we didn't, we didn't hire that well. Right. So three people quit and each of them were supposed to work eight hours that day. Right. And yeah. get like, help us get these jobs done. So like, that was just the beginning of our troubles. Right. And so like my phone starts ringing and it literally like does not stop ringing all day. Cause we start getting behind. Right. Like, cause yeah. you just paid money online to get somebody to clean your apartment and like, and they're not there. Right. And so like they're perfectly, uh, or like perfectly reasonable that they were angry. Yeah. And so like, I was just answering phone calls like that all day. And then, uh, some employees were like, would kind of wipe a table and then they would leave for like ever. And then, so we we're getting calls like that. <laughs> it was just like, it was a nightmare. And then John's out like, like knocking on doors, like trying to get other people to help us clean and like yeah. all this stuff. And so like, it was just, it was like a disaster. Right. And so, um, after that, like, so there was a lot more that we had to do to go rectify that situation and, and, and make things up. And it's like, it's very tough to go send like that email and to talk to those people. Yeah. But, but ultimately what we learned, right. Is like, um, well, how do we, how do we work together to prevent things like this to happen? Like, how could we have done this better? You know? Yeah. And so today we still do white glove cleaning, but like on occasion, right at the end of the yeah. semester, but it runs like clockwork and it's like a very easy system. Um, but, but it, it came from like us having this very, very negative, very, very hard experience experience where we, we had to like kind of search our souls and like, well, <laughs> why did this go so wrong? Yeah. Um, and that, that really helped us. I mean, we always talk about that. Like, um, it's kind of our point of reference. It's like, like going back to white glove cleaning at, at this point where like, um, we need to listen to each other and we need to talk to each other and, yeah. and it's really helped us, but. But also what's really admirable is, I mean, you did something. Yeah. Like that's, the, that's the part that like I think so many people struggle with. There's so many people right now, maybe even listening to this podcast, who knows, but there's so many people that are sitting down on the couch saying, oh man, like I really need, you know, a couple hundred bucks or I really need this. But I mean, I'm going to watch Friends on Netflix instead. Yeah. You know, like they choose the, they choose the route that's not going to give them anything. 
uh, because it just sounds so much more appealing than like the hard work and the grit and the grind, you know? Uh, and if you want to donate time to me too, like <laughs> I just wish I could take everybody's Netflix time and put it in my life because I could definitely use it. So right. well, that's the thing but is yeah. you guys got up, you did something. I actually heard, heard a similar story from people in Rexburg back like four years ago, but it was a, a roommate group. So six guys and they, they started just like for one fall semester, I think, uh, taking out the trash business mm. where they went to, you know, all the, all the girls apartments, they didn't go to guys apartments. They just went to all the girls apartments and they said, Hey, if each of your roommates pays $1, then we'll show up every day at the, or every other day at like this time to take out your trash. And I mean, they had like hundreds of apartments that are paying $6 <laughs> an apartment, you know? for them to just drive by in a truck real quick and grab everyone's trash and like throw it away for them. And they'd be out for like an hour or two each night to, to do that. But they made a lot of money yeah, just, yeah. just taking people's garbage out, you know? Uh, but again, like they did something that was, you know, something most college kids wouldn't do. And, uh, this was, <laughs> I mean, it's not, they didn't do a dating app or anything, but they met a lot of girls that I know, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's where we went wrong. We should have just <laughs> started with their trash or like, <laughs> maybe, yeah, I guess, I guess that, that could have solved our problem right there. It's just like, yeah, if you go on a date with this guy, you'll take your trash out. You know, just kidding, but, <laughs> but no, no, I think that's, I think that's super true. Cause it's just like, there's like time value of like switching the do it switch into the now position, right? Like mm -hmm. there's, there's, um, there's stuff that you're going to learn but you have to fell, like you have to, like you have to get out there and you have to get scraped up and stuff. Yeah. Um, and too, like so many people are willing to take like an easy path in life. Um, but like Robert Kiyosaki, rich dad, poor dad, if you've ever read that, it's a great book, but like his thing is like, and I kind of live by this. It's not what you earn. It's what you learn. Yeah. And then like Dave Ramsey's like, you live like no one else. So someday you can live like no one else. Right. Cause like, that's what I've kind of done with my life is I've front loaded the risk. <laughs> it's like, I've said, <laughs> okay, I have one life. It's 80 years long. Right. The biggest risk is that I just spend my time doing something I don't love to do. And so it's like, okay, well, how do I optimize for doing something that I love to do? It's like, well, like, um, I need to start on it now. Right. Where I have nothing to lose. Right. Like right now, right now, if, if doorstep goes up in smoke and some listeners way smarter than me and copies it and like does whatever, you know, yeah. uh, and puts us out of business. It's like the worst that will happen is like, I show up at my parents' house and I'm like, <laughs> I got yeah. on a job at Wendy's and whatever, like move on again <laughs> in life, you know? And it's like, there's, there's no better time than right now to like actually go pursue it. Because like, if you're, if you're just waiting on it, you're, like you're never going to get closer. Right. Cause I, I mm -hmm. would have never known building an app was so hard, <laughs> but now yeah. like in hindsight, it's like, now I know how to build app. Like, like we, we do it on a two week cycle. Like we're, we're upgrading doorstep all the time. Right. Yeah. But it's like, would I ever acquired that skill? Like had I not like kind of like worked for it and starved for it and done this It's like, no. So like I, yeah. I, to your point of just, just doing it right. Like, um, the winners in life really like, it's just, it's consistency and grit over a long period of time. Yeah. Um, cause life is going to be hard no matter what you do. Right. Um, but like when time is so valuable. Yeah. And, but you only, you only get, so, I mean, like to me, like, it's all about that. It's like, you only have one life. Right. Yeah. And so it's like, you can't like money will come and go and whatever, but you have a certain amount of allotted time Yeah. <laughs> and it'll be gone one day. Yeah. And, and, and memories and doing something that like helps other people like is inherently meaningful, right? Mm -hmm. Like being the richest dentist, right? <laughs> um, 
Well, because I, I had this experience too where I was doing like a youth camp and like I just realized like even though I wasn't like rich, right? Mm-hmm. I was so happy and so satisfied that I didn't need anything else in my life to do. Yeah. Then then in my head, it's like, oh, should I go to a job to wear nicer jeans so then I can go to my job, right? Like that I hate, right? Like this like little cycle yeah. as opposed to like, I could, I could wear anything, right? And like, and if I was working, doing like this meaningful of work, like I'm going to be happy forever. So how many hours would you say you've worked on doorstep? Like from the, from the idea until when it launched? Well, how many hours are in two and a half years and then just minus sleep? <laughs> <laughs> well, cause well, like the thing is, is I think people think, okay, I have an idea. And they don't know how much work it's going to take. And then when they get a taste of how much work it's going to take, they don't do it anymore. Yeah. Um, But it's like, it does, like you can't get around it. Like that hard work is going to be like what sets you apart. It's going to be like something where you learn so much and overcome so much, but ultimately you stood out above the rest because you put in the work that no one else did. Yeah. Cause it's like, and I've heard passion defined as uh, your willingness to suffer for something that you love, right? That's a good way to put it. And honestly, I just got like chills right there because I feel that so much, man. Like with, I mean, my beatboxing music dream and podcasting speaking dream and all this stuff that comes up in my life, I've been that way since I was like nine years old and I have not been rich because of it. <laughs> I lose sleep over it. Mm-hmm. It's always on my mind. I work hard for it for what seems like nothing in return, even though there's a lot in return. I'm learning so many lessons and meeting so many people, but like it is something no matter how hard I'm suffering, I'm never going to not do. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love that. Cause yeah, it's, it's that belief and it's, and it's, it's a law of the universe though. Like what you, sow, so shall you reap like that type of idea, like what you put down is going to come back at you. Right. But like, um, and, uh, like people <laughs> want to like plant the seed and then see the fruit tree the next day. Right. It's like, but like, I want to create passive income like by tomorrow. Blah, blah, blah. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, um, there's a book, there's also a book that's called, uh, so I kind of like, I try to learn from coaches, like yeah. football coaches. Like I watch football to like learn how coaches like do team dynamics, but Nick, Nick Saban, the -hmm. coach of Alabama recommended this book to me over YouTube once. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But like, uh, (laughs) but it's called the road less traveled coincidentally by M Scott Peck. But like, but the opening line of the book is life is difficult. And by accepting that, like you can be freed by it. And so like his whole point of the book is just like, we need to accept that it is not a mistake that our life is difficult (laughs) Um, and that difficulty is the way. But once we embrace that, like it's going to be hard, then we're freed from that idea. Yeah. Because you think about the mental toughness that you have if... um, if you just recognize like this is going to be hard <laughs> yeah, and like it's supposed to be hard and yep. there's no problem that it's hard, you know? And so, um, and that's also like what gets like Alabama through, through these like football games. Like, cause if you watch them, they're a very resilient team except for last year. Uh, but like, <laughs> or last, last fo- season, just the end of it. Like yeah. <laughs> they did go 20 something games without being defeated. So like, yeah, just they coincidentally lost in the championship, <laughs> but like, but, but what you see is like just tons of resilience there where it's like, they expect the game to be hard and for things to go wrong. And, and like their whole thing is like, okay, what am I going to do in this play to bounce back? Right. Yeah. Uh, and like treat 
each play as if it's its own universe, you know? And so people get tied up in, in thinking and just worrying about stuff. But yeah. it's like, if I put my best foot forward every day and I'm always hitting the grind, then like, I'm going to end up where I need to. You know? Yeah. And like walls are always going to pop up, but what are you going to do to get past it? You, once you know that no matter what walls are going to pop, like pop yeah, up, yeah. like that softens the blow a little bit, you know, like, you know, it's always going to be hard. And it's kind of the point, honestly, we're supposed to, to learn and grow, not have it easy the whole time. At one point I had this realization that like most of our dreams are very realistic. <laughs> yeah. You, th you think about it, like a, a human dream, like how many people can be wealthy, have like a great family, like do something that they love. It's like, well, a lot of people can do that. Right. Yeah. And so it's like, our dreams aren't really that crazy as human beings. Life isn't like conspiring against you. Life is like kind of inanimate, right? Yeah. And, and you make the moves, right? And so it's like, as long as you know uh, what you want, right? Like mm -hmm. um, there's only so many moves that life can make against it until you win, right? Reality is going to have to slap me in the face really hard to, to tell me that like, there's not a way to make this work. <laughs> yeah. And like, and that's what's really proven in it is because we've had that mentality the whole time. It's like, we're going to keep learning. We're going to keep growing. And then eventually we're going to get to that point where whatever that point is, right? Or if there is that point, right? Like, yeah. Because there's the struggle and like someday we'll be successful, but we won't be any more happy because happiness is just doing something meaningful, right? At least to me, right? Steve Jobs might be a controversial figure, but like, <laughs> but like he, he would always say, like, I don't want to be the richest man in the graveyard, right? He's like, I look into the mirror every morning and I ask myself, if today was the last day of my life, would I want to be doing what I'm doing today? And so like, I think that really puts it into perspective because- Boom, dude. I love that. I've never heard that before. It's a great talk. <laughs> um, but I really think that is a good question. It's like, if today was the last day of your life, would you be wanting to do what you're doing today? Um, because like, if not, like, like being the most wealthy man in the graveyard- like, Means nothing. Means, yeah. It's like awesome. Like, but like, like how people remember you is yeah, and really it's like, important. But it's like, yeah. Like, what do you want to tell your grandkids? Like, Hey guys, I'm really, really rich. Sorry. I didn't spend any time with you. Right. Or like, <laughs> you want to tell them like, I don't know. It's like, I went out there and I served like the best that I could. Like I, like people are still going to be listening to like my podcast that I made in college. Like after, I, cause it's like the cool thing about content is like, is that it can live beyond you. Right. And it can be influencing people and like, 30 yeah. or 40 years. And so to me, like it's, it's worth all of the, what we do is cause like, I want to build something that outlasts me, you know? Yeah. Cause like the idea of doorstep is like, it's really cool to think that like, Oh, I could be sending people to college. Like, <laughs> and then like in the future, if I, if I create a company that has just like great culture, like mm -hmm. people are going to come in here, they're going to learn, they're going to be better people. And it's really going to positively affect their lives. Not only to mention like the amount of like experiences like because like how many people have you sent on a date now it's like hundreds and hundreds of like people that have been on a date that have been affected by doorstep in some way like either we set them up or we yeah we we help them get a good deal we sent them somewhere they're cool you know and so it's just like it's really cool to think about the tremendous impact um and to consider that i guess like next time that you have a bag of potato chips and you're about to watch <laughs> somebody else live their <laughs> dream on the tv right you know yeah that's a really good point and honestly that what you just said sparked and i uh sparked something in me i just posted this actually today which this interview is not going to go up today but yeah, yeah, yeah just share this on my story it's a gary vaynerchuk quote uh, all of you guys listening if you've listened to any of my other episodes you know i love gary vaynerchuk <laughs> uh, but he said it makes no sense why people think that at 18 22 30 years old that they have to have their life all figured out when figuring everything out is a forever game. 
Yeah, yeah. That is so true, man. Like it's never going to get figured out totally. Like you just <laughs> have to find happiness in the chaos, you know? Yeah. And people like, people get so mad when you spoil movies, right? But everybody's <laughs> yeah. like asking for their life movie to be spoiled. Like, when am I going to get married? Like, oh, no, 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 no. you know, it's like, yeah. just enjoy it. Like the, the, uh, well, it's kind of like, yeah, it's like with music, right? Like mm-hmm. the hard time I had with piano was like, I'd always hit like a dissonant chord <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, this can't be, no, like, yeah. <laughs> why is this chord in this song? Right. You know, <laughs> but it's like, you've got to play through the song to get to the resolution, you know? And it's like, it's the contrast of the dissonance that makes it like beautiful. Right. Yeah. And so True. it's like, if you take any individual chord out of context, it's like, oh my gosh, like, why is that there? You know, but like, as it, as it fits into the piece, it becomes beautiful. Right. And so it's like, everybody can kind of just relax and like, enjoy the fact that like life is some type of song like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you live right life, like, well, like at the end, it's going to be beautiful because of like how everything connects together in dots, which that's kind of referencing Steve Jobs commencement address as well. But yeah, because <laughs> he says that he's like, you can't see things in for or like, it's very hard to see things going forward, but it's very easy to see how things connect in hindsight. Like you can only connect the dots in hindsight. And so like, if, if life is a work of art, you know, it's like, you're just, you're, you're painting it, but the final touches won't be here for a while. And so it's just, it's like relaxing, you know, like it's yeah. relaxing to think just about life. Enjoy like the journey and know that it'll come together, you know? Yeah. That is really cool. Well, um, I've got some like final fun questions for you, but um, is there anything else that you want to like for sure get on the podcast? Yeah. Like I, just kind of my main message, I guess, is just like mm-hmm. this idea that like, just find what you love and commit <laughs> to it, you know? Yeah. And then um yeah that passion really is like suffering for what you love you know and so like yeah uh because I, I i do think a lot of people need to <laughs> like to hear grasp that. that yeah and yeah. then and two people are, are so much more capable than they think they are at the end of the day because um i i really do believe that the the biggest waste or the most wasted resource on earth is human potential <laughs> and it's like, um, like I think a lot of people just need to decide you are like worth it. Like you do have it inside of yourself and you just need to recognize that, um, like you can do it, that you can accomplish these things. And so like, I think that's a big message is like, yeah, it's hard and yeah, it's whatever, but it's, it's tremendously rewarding and you can do it. (laughs) Right. And so like a lot more people could really be like doing what they love than are currently. That's true. Well, and like overall message that I've learned from this episode, you know, is life is hard regardless we have to live it regardless (laughs) so are you going to do something that you hate doing every day or are you going to spend your time well and do stuff that you love to do uh while also keeping the right things in mind like the things that matter the things that create memories the people that you love like keep what matters like number one priority and just do what you love i love that and I, i feel like it um it really ties together too, because most of what people love really benefits other people, right? True. It's like so much of what people love, they're kind of holding their- It's a disservice. Yeah, it's it's a disservice for you to not do what you love, right? Because like- So it's like selfishly being selfless. <laughs> yeah, well, I, yeah. <laughs> if you do what you love, you're going to affect other people better <laughs> than you would normally. Yeah, and, and I feel like doing what you love is is like a way of life because- Cause like for me, for example, right? Like 
there's all the stereotypes about entrepreneurs have no lives, blah, 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 blah. But like, mm-hmm. but the freedom and flexibility to like do things with the people that I love is, is a lot higher because I'm doing what I love, right? Like my, my point of contribution is much higher. So, and, and I guess the other point too is like other people need what you bring to the table. I mean, regardless of what it is, right? Like you're here for a reason. Yeah. And, and, and other people need it, right? Like there's a lot of people out there that need whatever your talent is, um, and, and they're hoping for that. Cause I think on another podcast, you mentioned like the person that came up to you at like the Chinese restaurant or whatever. Oh, and, like, Mandarin, thought, yeah. yeah. Yep. And like, um, and like how you'd really like helped her life out. And, it, um, and I, I just think like, I mean, that's like, had you not been quote selfish, right? Like, and, yeah. and started to, to do that on Instagram, like you would have never affected that person. And, there's um, no way to really measure that impact either. Yeah. Like I was lucky to hear about that that day. Uh, but so many of us are doing things that are affecting so many people and we never hear back about it. Yeah. But it's happening. And so like if, you, if, you, if you're doing what you love, you're affecting other people and you never know how those, those things like end up, right? But like, um, but it's very, very real. And it's kind of, it's just mm-hmm. beautiful to think that you're doing more good than you know that you're doing, right? Yeah. It's like True. a wonderful thought. So awesome. You have mentioned at least five or six books yeah, yeah. in this episode. <laughs> if you could pick a favorite book, what's your favorite book? I'm trying to think like, cause I, I read a lot. <laughs> See, and I, I don't, uh, other than like scriptures, you know, yeah. and even then I am not the greatest at that. <laughs> uh, but I, I do have one other book other than the scriptures <laughs> that I've read, uh, that I'll share. It's modern romance mm. by Aziz Ansari. He's a, he's like in Parks and Rec and he's a comedian. Uh, that book, I think you, if, have you read it? No, I haven't. Okay. Actually, yeah. Definitely look it up, dude. Cause it's not even that expensive or anything. Um, especially if you just get like the ebook copies or whatever. Um, but it is about modern dating. That's cool. And it's about the changes. I mean, so it'd be relevant for you for, you know, doorstep. But he talks a lot about how like in the 90s, you know, you met people and married people in your circle. And like you married someone you went to church with or went to work with. And how now we have a needle in a haystack experience, but we have the phone that has made the haystack much, much bigger. (laughs) And we're dating people that are not in our circle. Interesting. And he talks a lot about that kind of stuff really seriously with a bunch of experts, but adds his comedic twist to it. So it's really entertaining. Yeah, that's way cool. So, okay. So if you, I'll mention a few books. Okay. That's yeah, okay. go for it. Cause I'll just, I'll mention the ones that kind of have shifted me ideologically. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a book called Essentialism by Greg McEwen. Okay. That's fantastic. It's the disciplined pursuit of less, but better. <laughs> and he has a British accent. So I listen to most things on audio. Awesome. Uh, but like that one really changed my whole perspective on like, just focus on things where you make your highest contribution and let everything else go. Yeah. And then, um, great by choice. It's like, it's a business book, but it's a business book that can apply to anyone. It's like about preparing for unknowable futures, just how to, how great people maintain greatness over long periods of time. So it uses yeah. businesses, but like you can apply it to anything like football teams mm-hmm. and probably more important <laughs> things like families and stuff like that. But like, but like the principles are amazing because you can kind of break down what makes a great organization. Yeah. Um, and then like the book that I was mentioning earlier is The Road Less Traveled by mm-hmm. M. Scott Peck, which will teach you that life is difficult and yeah. that's a good thing, you know? <laughs> and then 
I guess how to win friends and influence people, how to stop worrying and start living. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. how to win friends and influence people. Have you read that book? No. Um, but actually that reminds me of something. I think it's called Clifton Strengths Assessments now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but back when I took it, it was like Gallup Strengths Assessments. Have you ever heard of that? No, no. Okay. You should definitely do it. And everyone listening, do it. I mean, it costs money. I mean, there's probably different versions, but there's like a $50 version that I was I was fortunate enough, enough to have someone pay for me to take that test. But it tells you your top like 49 strengths. And then it tells you... I didn't realize I had 49. Right. <laughs> it tells you your 49 strengths, literally in order of the greatest to like the, the least greatest. Um, but then it gives you like a, like a full on like 40 page breakdown or something of your top five mm. and why you are the way you are. And it's like an incredible assessment that I'd want everybody to take. I, I definitely encourage it. Um, but my top strengths uh, is communication, winning others over, futuristic focus and includer and recognizing that about myself like it has totally shaped my life um but when you say winning others over yeah you know and how to like how to make friends and have influence you know is that what you said yeah yeah. how how to win friends and influence people yeah (laughs) how to win friends and influence people that's like right in line with my strengths you know and like at first winning others over when i would listen when i would say that to myself i'd be like winning others over what does that even mean like making friends to me is a game or something like <laughs> honestly it's it really is a strength you know and a passion of mine is to make friends and to influence people. But is that kind of what that book talks about? Yeah. So maybe you wrote it in a past life. I don't know. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, it's... I, probably, well, I would probably... I honestly would want to read that. Yeah. Well, it's it's a very good book because it talks all about like, instead of like, if I was like trying to make a sell for you, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, this is the best product in the world uh, because it has like, it's five feet by five feet and it does this processing speed and all that other stuff. Yeah. Like instead of it, it's like framing like value in the, in terms of other, the other people like team are termed to be valuable. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, just saying like, I should first go find out what's valuable to you and then yeah. frame, frame what I'm trying to do in that context. Like instead so it's of more like, about the relationship and about what that person's interested in yeah. than it is about the quality of your product or whatever. Yeah. Cause it sounds like a, a sales gimmicky book, but it's like, mm-hmm. but it's, it's like, it's like the only, like, it's one of the few self-help books I actually like really like, you know? Yeah. Cause well, it's like very genuine, you know? Yeah, dude. Well, and I, that reminds me of another Gary Vaynerchuk quote that I actually heard on the podcast, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk's podcast waiting to will, meet will up we with have you. to bleep this out or no, <laughs> <I'm just kidding>. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Cause he swears a lot, man. Yeah. No, but his, um, it's a quote that's like, it shouldn't be considered a sales person. Like sales should not be sales. It should be building a brand, hmm. which I think that is really, really cool. Like you should never consider yourself like a salesman or like a pitcher, you know, or someone <laughs> that's out there to like, give someone some rote description and try to sell them something like it should be more about representing and building a brand of like something with a bigger purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, people will give their lives for something <laughs> that yeah. has a bigger purpose. Mm-hmm. Cause I didn't mention the 45 or what I don't know. I've read a bunch of biographies, like a lot of biographies Yeah, and the common theme through all of them is like the greatest leaders become an idea 
that other people believe in, right? So you think about Martin Luther King Jr. What's his idea? It's like, well, equality for all people. And so he becomes the symbol of that idea, right? Steve yeah. Jobs, the intersection of technology and art, <laughs> right? And like, so, so things that are so simple. <laughs> and so he becomes the symbol of that, right? Napoleon Bonaparte, French greatness. And I can go on and on, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but like, basically, like the leader becomes an idea. Mm-hmm. And because the leader wants what everybody else wants, more than anybody else wants it, you put them in charge, right? Yeah. And so, um, but yeah, like I, I really like that idea. Okay, so that was the favorite book question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> it led down like a whole other path, but like that's, I mean, that's why that's why I love this stuff, man. I feel like I could just talk forever about it. Um, if you could pick a favorite word, what would your favorite word be? <laughs> I like the word simple. Like, because yeah, like I like the idea that uh simplicity is the ultimate sophistication because mm. because you have to you have to spend so much of your life getting like you have to go through so much complexity to get to the simple in anything like dating right yeah. it's like there's so much complexity in the relationship until you like you find somebody that actually works and yeah. it's very simple and beautiful but to me like the idea of of simplicity I mean, I guess the other one would be love, right? Like, but yeah, I, I guess I'm sounding like a hippie now, but like, <laughs> but like everybody can really be benefited if we just, yeah. if we, if we get outside of ourselves. So, I mean, we can accomplish great things if we can get out of the I mentality or me yeah. in this moment, you know? So Which, honestly, that's really good for your company too. Like everyone listening right now, first of all, like if you haven't already go look up doorstep, go download it, go be a part of it. And just know that in your experience with Doorstep, like it's being run by a founder and a team of of genuine people that are not doing it with the purpose of making a shiz ton of money, you know, <laughs> like they're doing it with the purpose of, of like solving problems and like making, making the dating atmosphere better, you know, hopefully nationwide someday, like, or worldwide even, yeah. depending on how big, <laughs> how big you guys get. But, but yeah, I mean, it's good people running a good company for the right reasons, which is really important. I view myself as an artist with art. You're trying to get something, someone to fill something. They don't need to know like somebody's name. They don't need to know anything. It's just like, I want people to go have great experiences and then feel that, like feel the love that went into like the, the app itself, you know, but I yeah. want them to feel something just kind of like music, right? Like mm-hmm. um, you write music so that you can move other people. Right. And like, I want to move other people to go like have the beautiful experience, which is dating or which is like enjoying things that you love with the people that you love. And yeah. like, I want that to come across, but I don't want it to be like, I'm never going to say that on the app anywhere and never yeah. going to do that. But like great art is subtle and moving. Right. And so some people's lives are going to be better and they don't, they won't know that some little guy out in a trailer in Idaho, right. Like was like <laughs> working for two years to try to bring that to them, you know, yeah. but that, that is like, that is the dream, you know? Yeah. Well, sweet. I think we're good to go, man. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you so much for, for being on, on upbeat with me. Um, there's a lot that was said in this that I'm sure people are going to love Yeah, and that they can definitely learn from. This is Upbeat with beatboxer, musician, speaker, and show host, Parker K. Subscribe at parkerk.co.